This is the Top 25 Rundown, and here's your host, Alan West. Good evening and welcome to the Top 25 Rundown presented by the Sportscast. Today is December 13, 2023. If you haven't yet, please subscribe on all your channels, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch.tv, and Apple Podcasts. If you are on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating and review. It'll help us out tremendously. We are also on DAV Digital Radio. You can listen to us on your smart speaker, play Sportscast. Visit us on the Sportscast.net. Also follow us on Twitter at the Sportscast 1. And check it out at the Sportscast in the iOS App Store. Hello, my name is Alan West. Welcome to the Top 25 Rundown. Tonight, I am joined by Brian Glaze at Brian Glaze Talks, college football YouTube analyst at Brian Glaze. How are you doing tonight, sir? Hey, I'm doing really good. Uh, just uh, enjoying myself. This college football season has been a crazy one. And so uh, I've just been trying to take each game one week at a time and and soak it all in while we can. Hey, no, I understand about that. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not going to make you try to figure out what team I like, but... Let's just say that, unfortunately, since I know you uh, look at the Pac-12, I know that um, some of the teams that you're going to lose are going to join with my schools, being an Ohio State fan. But what do you think about what happened for the Pac-12 this year? Man, uh, just, well, I guess let me get a clarification, like just overall, like how the conference went and maybe like playoff situation, just kind of everything or anything more specific than that well definitely about the playoffs also i know that uh oregon and washington having them battled out twice and just how those two games were probably yeah. two uh, top probably top 10 top 15 games of the year yeah in both games and then um honestly just how the commissioner botched it and well unfortunately the conference imploded <laughs> man yeah that that's a uh, loaded but I, I like it that's a good content right there now let, let's say that part a little for last I, i'll say sure, that's fine <laughs> i'll say um uh, what's interesting about the pack 12 this year uh or like what they're gonna be a pack two by the end of this year um is that man when the year started so i'll say this that this may not be as popular but i think when they started the year uh, a lot of their teams were doing well and then and they got ranked pretty fast but I also think, like, because, you know, like, Colorado and, like, Washington State, everybody was there. And mm-hmm. I actually feel like they got a little bit of an inflation to start the year because um, they, they kind of beat up on some folks outside, which is fine. Not necessarily that strong of outside teams, but they were winning, right? So, like, oh, like, hey, Pac-12 looks pretty good. They're getting ranked pretty high. But then as they started to kind of beat each other a little bit, but also kind of play some of the more, like, out-of-conference schedule, we start to see that, oh, maybe they aren't like the world beater conference that we thought they were when the year first started. But that's not to say that the Pac-12 wasn't a good conference. Cause I always like to do something. This is very important to me. Like when I talk about football, I never mm-hmm. like to speak in like too pejorative or like hyperbolic content where people say like, Oh man, because these teams aren't like elite. That means they're trash. <laughs> right. Or if they're, if they're not good, <laughs> That means like, wait a minute, like how how does not being elite equal being terrible? And so I never like to speak that way. So I think the Pac-12 overall this year was like, man, really solid, like a, a good conference. And on that note, so then you get to Washington and Oregon, 
And what was interesting is that I, I found this whole, um, I guess, the conversation around both of those games really interesting mm-hmm. because when they first played, like, you know, Oregon was looking great, Bo Nix was on fire, um, offense was doing well. Um, mm-hmm. I think Washington maybe had played a little bit of a better schedule. Uh, Oregon weren't sure yet, right? And so what happened was that at that time, they lost. And a lot of people were like, man, after that, Washington, they haven't been playing as well. They just started assuming that Oregon will beat them the next time they play. And I found that particularly interesting because I'm in my mind, I'm like, how? That's quite an assumption to make. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to say, like, the team that beat this team the first time will will lose the second time. Uh, which is not to say that's not something that um, – that hasn't happened before, I should say, but rather I'm like, I, I didn't necessarily see a guaranteed win for, or I feel like a lot of people were expecting and actually just maybe anticipating a little bit. I actually feel like the college football playoff committee kind of baked in an expectation that Oregon would beat Washington the next time as well, which is why I think they kept them both pretty high for that same reason. Um, not for like any nefarious or malicious purposes. Just, I think they expected Oregon to win the next time, which I never had that assumption for like those last like four to five weeks of the year. I actually was leaning out there. I feel like Washington actually is going to beat them again. Um, I never said that anywhere. So I can't, um, I can't point to a tweet or anything where people be like, ah, look, he was right. But I never said or kind of expressed that opinion that, oh yeah, I think Oregon will win because for that reason, I was like, I don't, I don't think they will. Um, and so Washington beating Oregon game was really interesting. Um, I think what what makes Washington funny to me is that they they're just one of those teams that find a way to win. Um, mm-hmm. which uh, like they they play the defense. Michael Penix can make every throw everywhere. Um, but then he'll also trust himself a little bit too much sometimes. <laughs> and uh, and some players you're like, what did I just watch? Uh, but mm-hmm. Rome Johnson like that they, they they have a very talented like offense and they they make plays the coach is doing a fantastic job over there um and so i think they are very deserving pac-12 uh champion i know ty uh <laughs> he may not be happy right now uh with his ducks but um <laughs> but uh i definitely will say i de- i didn't think oregon would beat washington again and I, I i'm like hey that that's what played out and so what's interesting is that yeah <sighs> The Pac-12 had potential, and it's just been ruined now. Like, it's gone. It's like, what do you do? Everybody's going to leave. The two biggest name programs in the conference are headed to the Big Ten. And um, this conversation is going to be wild because I'm like, man, how does – we basically – if we're not careful, college football is going to turn into, like, the AFL and the – the NFL again, you know, like just those two separate leagues, like mm-hmm. two big super conference and it's going to be like a pro league. And I don't think mm-hmm. people realize how, how different of a product that is than what we have right now. Like I think college football's regionalness and the fans kind of like getting all excited about being from the West coast or the Southeast or from the, the Midwest, you kind of lose some of that kind of territorial crazy rabbit college football fandom a little bit mm-hmm. when you just kind of smash everybody into one conference. And um, so honestly, I'm a little worried about what that means for like the passion of college football. And so in some sense, I'm kind of cheekily, I am kind of upset with like the Pac-12 for ruining their conference and the ACC for ruining their conference. 
<laughs> like because now it's like hey the big 10 in the big 12 too like everything just kind of went kind of wonky and now the sec and the big 10 got into this power struggle because mm -hmm. uh, texas and oklahoma were like we're going to the sec like that's where the power is that's where the money is where the ratings are and then the big 10 is like wait a minute we can't get left behind who wants to come over here <laughs> right and so they're getting into this power struggle okay. of like let's take everybody but i've been talking a lot there's a lot of thoughts go ahead and respond <laughs> No worries. I mean, I, I agree with what they're saying. Also, part of what it is is uh, when the Pac-12 was uh, doing their uh, talk with ESPN, mm -hmm. I believe they were offered $35 million yeah. per game, and the commissioner said, no, we want to get more. And so after that, then all of a sudden you see the other networks and the other conferences, they give up their money like, because, I mean, the Big Ten, for Oregon and Washington to come, they're only getting half a share. And Fox ponied up the money for them to have the half a share. Yeah. I mean, they're not even getting the full share yet, but it was enough for them to say goodbye. And that was already after USC and UCLA were going. The thing I'm curious about, since we're talking about that, I'm waiting to see what happens with the ACC because, I mean, especially with what happened to Florida State this year, mm -hmm. before the year, they were trying to get out of the conference. Right. But because they're locked into a 10-year, basically a 10-year deal, mm -hmm. they have to spend, I want to say it was like $210 million or something. And so they were already looking at different options. They were exploring legal opportunities to figure out how to get out. Right. And then with what happened to Florida State for the playoff, which we'll get to a little later. The thing that's funny is, did you see that the uh, attorney general for Florida yes. is looking at suing the college football committee? Yes. I saw that. I mean. I saw that. It's like uh, we had a guy, my, uh, one of our other uh, contributors on here, Chris Caravello. Mm -hmm. he, uh, the way that he put it was, for once the committee got it right. But at the cost of making the four teams that should come in, mm -hmm. technically. Yeah. But they left Florida State out, and so they hosed them, which, I mean, Gordon Travis was a great player. Right. I'm not taking anything away from him, but 13-0 is 13-0. Yeah, they're, they're undefeated. Undefeated team. I mean, even though they didn't look as good, that's why they didn't get in. I do understand that. But the thing is, I mean, back when the BCS was happening, mm -hmm. Ohio State was undefeated, but their games, they were all close. Then they played Miami, and yeah, they won the national championship. Actually, they went in the game. 20... Yep. And then uh, in 2014... Our starting our uh, starting quarterback got hurt during preseason. Our second string, which became the starter, got hurt during the Michigan game. Yeah. And the third string came in and won it all. So, I mean, it's right. just... I'm curious about the opportunity for that. It just... It's frustrating just because now what's going to happen, mm -hmm. it's going to be what could have been, which... Right. It just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. I mean, for Florida State, 
you know they got to be upset. And then you see how the ACC did nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I think even before the season, that was interesting too. I I guess that conversation came up and it's like, man, I know they're kicking themselves Mm -hmm. over it. How the ACC said no to doing the expanded playoff this year, which is, which is insane because if they had said yes, Florida state would for sure be in the playoffs no matter what happened in that last Mm -hmm. game, which that's just another, like a what if situation, but it's like, it's crazy how that, that ended up playing a part in how they they end up being left out this time. I think, I don't know if you were finished. You just made me think of a thought because I was, Go ahead. In in this situation, I yeah. uh, I personally, when I look at it, because I always tell people, you know, like uh, I, I review a lot of Alabama football stuff, so I, I'm very closely like watching them, and I it's a team I really like. I'm from Birmingham, actually. Okay. But what was nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually well, I'm originally from Birmingham. I don't live there anymore. Uh, but the was was ended. I watched this team grow throughout the year, right? Alabama, and even though they they did play so well and they won the SC championship game. I actually, in my mind, I, I figure I said they they probably gonna they might be left out anyway because I think the committee might say um, undefeated uh, Florida State will get in no matter what. Uh, so I was I was kind of surprised that they didn't. So, but what was interesting about it is that the the discourse around this situation. You can let me know if you agree or not with this kind of whole thought, but I'll just kind of lay it all out. We yeah. have a fourteen playoff selection system, at least currently, mm-hmm. no more, I should say, and we have uh, five. Power five conferences, right? And so at some point, and it just it just so happened crazy enough that this is the first year where it actually came down to where it didn't resolve itself. Mm-hmm. Four spots, five power fives. What happens in a scenario that they're all five power five conferences are undefeated conference champions? Somebody is going to get left out inherently. So like in terms of, because I think this is what's interesting. I noticed so much conversation and online, especially in like with the whole the Florida AG situation, mm-hmm. I think people expect the college football playoff to function like um, like an NFL playoff or like the Division Two playoff, where like if you win your division, you get in. But that's not the system that we have. And somebody said, "Well, that sounds like an invitational." I'm like, "Okay, fair enough. Maybe the wording's wrong. Maybe they should have called it the college football invitational because no matter what." You could do everything that's considered right, right? You go undefeated, you win a conference championship, but there's no wording. There's no set criteria for the playoff that says if you go undefeated and win your conference, you are guaranteed a spot in the uh, college football playoffs. And that's not to say that because I was telling people, like, I wouldn't have minded at all, like, if Florida State was in the playoff. Like, I think some people, like, when I talk about these things, they go like, oh, man, you just, like, want to root for Bama. I'm like, not at all. Like, they didn't have to be in. It's just the simple fact that, like, no matter inherently, because this system is a bit subjective in terms of, like, who they invite in, at some point, somebody is going to get left off. And I'll, I'll end it with this point. I'll let you – you can let me know what you think on this. I think I don't think there was a, a right or wrong choice here. I think if they chose Florida State, that would have been a, a good choice. And I think if they chose Alabama, I can see the choice for why they did that too. And I know the reasoning for both. I can articulate it probably better than they did for them why they would choose either team. Um, but just for the simple fact that there's only four spots and there's five power five teams, somebody was going to get left out. And I feel so bad that it was Florida State this time, especially since they were 13-0 and 0 power five uh, champion. That's true. And I mean, when you listen to the chair talk about it, how he was like, well, yeah, everyone's basically just going to make their own picks and go with the, all their biases that they wanted. 
the thing that was kind of uh, conspicuous to me was ESPN when behind they already had the team's helmets there before the picks were even made. Mm. So you could already see that. And it's just like, come on, man, seriously? It's like you expected more. And uh, last week when Chris was on, I mean, he had about a five minutes rant that he went on that he took him to task because basically ESPN kind of gave up their uh, credibility because and for their SEC bias because, well, I'm not going to say that uh, Jaden Daniels did not deserve to win the Heisman, but, but when you knew that a lot of the majority of voters are from the South and you saw that he was going to be the uh, one of the four that was picked for the Heisman, you kind of knew what was happening before it even happened. I, I mean, I hate to say that, but you, you would hope that Bo and Michael would have had a better chance. But unfortunately, well, when I heard what was going to happen, I knew who the winner was before that night. I mean, I appreciate that Marvin was there too, but because of how most of the voters are going to be, I knew the winner the first night. Once the finals were selected, was because ESPN right now they're mad at the Big Ten for leaving ESPN, and so they've been sticking it to the Big Ten. And then you saw the other two finalists, the two schools that are going to the Big Ten, and they're going to lose their coverage on it for a lot of the part of it. Mm. And so they are making uh, the Big Ten and how they can on TV and through media, which I'm not going to say it's right, but there was only the, the person who won the Heisman, his team didn't even make the SEC championship. I believe LSU lost three games this year. They did. They went nine and three. They were at third. I mean, true. I mean, he did some good things, but the thing was, a lot of times when you see whoever wins the Heisman, usually you see them on a team that is a contender. Yeah, especially. Or at least. Yeah. I would say probably most of the past decade, really. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for them to change it like that, I felt like we got robbed, honestly. I mean, for me, I would have thought it would have been a better competition between Michael and Michael and Bo, honestly, because I mean, Bo had more touchdowns, the less picks. I think the thing was just because how, when he had the passing touchdowns and the rushing touchdowns, that's what they were using as kind of a springboard. But it just it felt kind of wrong to me. I could be wrong. I could be incorrect, though. Well, how do you feel about that? Yeah, yeah. No, I think the Heisman, I have so many mixed feelings about it. Not even just this year. And I can I can kind of break those down, too. Because like, cause I, I saw Jaden Daniels play a lot. Um, obviously, I saw him play against Alabama, too. Uh, 
what's interesting is that like when you go back to the mm-hmm. definition of Heisman, um, which is why like the whole like even what you're saying like about the the player being on a team that's a contender, I've always had hard feelings with that in the sense that if we're gonna say that the award is the most outstanding player, like how who's quantifying that and how? Because like are we just looking at the box scores of all the the best quarterbacks on the contending teams? Like for example, the fact that and not to say that they didn't deserve to be considered, but the fact that Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, Michael Penix were like basically the front runners for like this past end of the year. I'm like, who's to say that one of their offensive linemen actually wasn't the most outstanding player in football? Who's to say that a linebacker wasn't the most outstanding player in football, but it's become basically a, a, a glorified offensive player award, typically a quarterback award, which is crazy because we already have the Davey O'Brien and the Maxwell, which typically goes to a quarterback as well. And so I have hard feelings because I'll, I'll even go, I'll go back. And it's funny, as somebody who's watched Alabama sure. a lot, when Mark Ingram won the the Heisman in 2009, I was like, it should have went to Indomitian yes. Sue. I felt like, I felt like it should have went to Indomitian Sue from Nebraska, in my opinion. Yeah, Nebraska. <laughs> and I was like, that that type of thing, I'm like, there's so many great players who don't get the recognition because usually what voters see is quarterback stats and highlights. And so I'm like, so then bringing it back to this year, like you saying, like with with Bo, like I think he had a good case for it 100%. I think Penis had a good case for it. Marvin Harrison, for sure, is like one of the most outstanding players in football. I think some people were saying there should be, they said we understand that argument, but we think there should be a balance of stats and best players. So I can understand why some people say, well, that's why I didn't vote for Marvin Harrison because the stats weren't as high. But I'm like, mm-hmm. but then you also got to consider that Cal McCourt isn't the same quarterback that CJ Stroud was. So like all those nuances, I'm not even sure if the the voters take all of that into account when they're making a player. So I'll bring all this back around to say that I would I would have understood 100% if, let's say, someone like Bo Nix or, or Michael Penix got the Heisman instead. I will say I'll, I'll defend Jaden from some of the criticism he gets in the sense of like how the voting was done in the sense that with Jaden, I did watch him play. And I do think if we were talking about quarterbacks, just like in terms of their individual skill set, I do think he was the most outstanding quarterback this year. Now, did he have the best team? No, 100%. And, someone, and if someone tells me, if they say, if they explicitly say this, if they say my Heisman criteria is that, you know, that you your team has to be doing really good too, I'm okay with that as long as they explicitly say it. It, it always becomes an issue when like, I think the criteria is kind of lost and ambiguous, and then people tear down or build up another guy without explicitly stating what biases or ideas they have about what the award should be given to. So like when you saying like, yeah, man, I think Bo Nix like may have been robbed in this situation. I'm like, Hey, I understand where you're coming from. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's the whole situation itself is so messy to me that I think it just needs to be cleaned up. It's like, and even I would love, I want to, I just want to see offensive linemen win. The- <laughs> so bad. <laughs> like, I just really want to see like a player who, who legitimately, they say, Hey, this player at bar none is the best player, not the most sexy position, but literally the best player. That's who I want to see win the Heisman. It's fair. I mean, uh, that's why I believe they have the Remington as the uh, yeah, the top center, the top offensive lineman. Right. Speaking of that, we're uh, joined by Bob Alvis, Jack of yeah. all trades, master of none. How are you doing, sir? I'm not a center nor an offensive lineman. <laughs> Were you insinuating that Bob plays offensive line? <laughs> I know, nope. I was not saying that, but I'm glad that uh, Bob was able to join us tonight. Uh, 
just because we were getting into the Heisman talk real quick. And Bob, what did you think about the Heisman this last uh, weekend? I mean, I would have voted Michael Penix, Michael Penix, Michael Penix. But, hey. you know, I mean, I think there is a West Coast bias. I don't care if people say it or not, but I a think there is a West, West Coast, Coast bias. So, yeah. Unless yeah, you play okay. for USC when Matt Liner and Reggie Bush did, then there's no bias. <laughs> hey, you know, I, th- I think it's hard. Like, cause I think uh, you mentioned it earlier that the, uh, like the, a lot of voters also are, are in the South as well. And so of course a lot of them see, they saw probably LSU more than they saw the other teams as well, which I think is, yep. I think, uh, I don't know if you guys keep up with the uh, Josh Pate from the late kick. I think he had an interesting idea in the sense that I think voters should have some type of college football IQ test before they vote. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how how many games did you watch? Do you know, can you name three offensive coordinators in the Pac-12? Can you name, you know, the the offensive line? Uh, you know, not necessarily that you have to get all those answers right, but can you show us that you have awareness of the whole college football landscape, not just your region or the teams that you see most often? Well, I mean, if if we did that, I'd be in a little trouble, honestly, just because for me, between juggling work, doing this, and then uh, spending time with my daughter, although I made my daughter an Ohio State fan to where <laughs> we will we'll watch games together and she will be talking about the different players. And so, I mean, it's I don't hard. know as much. Yeah, it is. And I mean, that's why for me, Bob and Tyler times have got me for some of the coordinators and for different players and teams, but I hold my own about 50% of the time, if I'm lucky, I'll say that, but it's more just trying to catch up. And like right now I'm watching the uh, national junior college uh, division one national championship where it's uh, Iowa right. Western going against Eastern Mississippi. And it's in the fourth quarter and Iowa Western is up. 54 to 14 so unless why are you still unless, watching uh, it then <laughs> that's a beat down <laughs> well i mean here's the thing i'm watching it because i know who's gonna win <laughs> but it's still it's a game and for college football even though you want to watch like the power five or you want to watch even like games in the slack or even like the playoffs, it still is a game that you'll want to see because who's not to say that some of those junior college players couldn't maybe enter the portal and go to different schools. A and lot I mean, of them you saw what happened exactly, and then you saw what happened today in uh, Charleston, West Virginia, where college athletes. This from ESPN: College athletes who were denied the chance to play immediately after transferring a second time. For now, they can return to competition after a federal judge issued a 14-day temporary yeah. restraining order Wednesday against the NCAA. Yeah, they can. Bless they you, a... because we've, we've seen that. Yeah. And, I mean, that was one of the main things you saw, like, this year for uh, – you saw it for North Carolina for uh, Tez Walker. Then you saw it for, I believe, one of the players at Florida State, how they transferred for the second time and they weren't allowed to play, although for uh, – North Carolina, the NCAA 
instead of apologizing to North Carolina, they blasted them saying, you didn't give us this information before, so had you given it to us, we would have let you do it sooner. But wow. the NCAA and odds on here a few times, and I agree with him. What did audio cut for you too, uh, Bob? Alan. Uh oh. Oh, you're back now. I heard uh oh. Okay. Yeah, there we go. That's why I was trying to make sure when you when you're saying oh my when I'm a the times can be special. I admit it, but uh. You are cutting in and out, by the way. Ins- I am. Yep. Just a bit. It, you I seem am. to be coming back now. I can go on a rant about that. All right, let's try it again. How's that better? <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, no, we'll, uh, I'll let you go on a rant in a second, but <laughs> the main thing that I was listening to a uh, full ride on Sirius XM 84, I listened to that for a few minutes every morning, and uh, Rick Neuheisel said the main thing the NCAA is trying to keep a hold of right now is March Madness. Because of how much revenue they generate through that, which, yeah, because sooner or later they're not going to be able to do that. And when that happens for the NCAA, I don't think that they're going to be solvents. Because you, you've seen how they've cut people, then they've switched to a different uh, head of the NCAA this year after Mark Emmert retired. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that's happened is now they're like asking Congress, help us with the NIL. We messed up. We decided to let everyone get what they wanted. Unregulated. And then the antitrust lawsuits, I mean, it just, it's a cluster, not in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's the hard part. I think what the NCAA did, they, they, they knew they needed to make changes, right? And they just sat on their hands for so long. And then when the change came, like it hit them, they they should have been able to anticipate this and get out in front of it and make a, they didn't have to restrict NIO. They could have made just a really well-regulated NIO so that we didn't have the problems that we have now. They didn't have to, you know, uh, block the transfer portal from becoming more open, but they could have just made a better regulated transfer portal so we wouldn't be in the situation they're in right now. And now you, and people don't even talk about how like, yeah, like the, the institutions and the organizations themselves are affected too. But even the players themselves, like when they're, they're not talking about the number of players who transfer and then now they don't have a team, like they entered the portal and then they couldn't go anywhere because they're thinking I'm going to go somewhere. And it's like, there's nowhere for you to go. And like in and those NIL deals, like players are now running to situations where like, oh, there might be some lawsuits or people like, oh, you know, we said we thought you were going to play like you got to play like stay here <laughs> like to get this money, like all those situations that could have been solve through something like a, a collective bargaining agreement or something for the players. Just mm-hmm. so many issues that that could have been solved if we just had some foresight and just jumped out in front of it. True, true. And I mean, uh, one thing, just to double back toward the Heisman, uh, when you, you were talking about how uh, Marvin Harrison, yeah. the reason why Kyle McCord was there this year, bless you. Uh, bless you, Bob. Thank you. Is, be, is because... Uh, Kyle McCord, I don't know if you know this, he was Marvin Harrison Jr.'s high school quarterback. I didn't know that, actually. Did not. 
Yes. So that's why they had that's why he was the quarterback this year. And so if Marvin Harrison does leave for the NFL this year, he kinda that's why McCord knew his days were numbered, so he uh he decided to leave. Although I guess they're talking about right now the people have offered him on NIL over twenty five million dollars. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> the crazy part is that even though he wasn't like, you know, Ohio State's best quarterback by any means, you know, over the past few years, he's probably going to be Nebraska's best one they've had in a few years. Well, actually, no, they just announced he's not going there. Oh, I missed that. I missed that yeah. completely. Yeah, I saw that earlier. They uh, they put on ESPN or something that he is not going to go to Nebraska. Ah. Oh, man. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see how that goes, but I'm not going to try to say that uh, we would have won against Michigan, but his two interceptions really were daggers in that game. So they they hurt, they did hurt in that game. Yeah, but I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. And uh, Bob, what have you uh, looked at that you want to bring up today? Nah, man, I don't really know. I'm just ready to. Go with the flow type of thing. I mean, Michael Penick should have been the Heisman Trophy winner, but I'm on a, you know, that's neither here nor there. I guess what I don't like is when people hit the transfer portal um, or either sit out their bowl game. I mean, I think it's a terrible message. I understand why they do it. I get it. Mm-hmm. But I think when you sit out your bowl game, what are you telling your future team? I'm going to quit if things get harder. When things, you know, like, I mean, I looked at Justin Herbert in the NFL uh, when he got a broken finger, and I said to myself, there is no way the Chargers should bring him back, shut it down for the year, you can fire Brandon Staley if you want now, and start all over fresh. When college football, I almost feel like it's kind of getting to be the same way because, you know, players can say, I'm not going to play in the bowl game, give their team a much less chance to win, and then maybe if they wanted to, the coach could change the direction or the school could. True. I mean, uh, another thing on full ride, they said that for the uh, bowl games that weren't for the playoff, they had an interesting scenario that they brought up. They said that for the teams that were like non-playoff, <laughs> they have the bowl games, especially before the year started. Maybe have them being played in week zero. Oh, that's interesting. Then just go through, yeah. Then just go through the regular season, and then do like that next year, because that way you would actually have good weather and you wouldn't have to worry. I mean, sure, it'd be hot, but you wouldn't have to worry about if the players are going to play or not. That was something they brought up, and it was interesting to think about. How many yeah. bowl games are there? Thirty six. 37, something like that. Is he still 37? Yeah. How yeah. many of yeah, those, so. though, are in cold climates? Not as many as there used to be, I don't think. So I don't think I don't so. Think the weather's as big of a deal. Yeah, I, yeah, I honestly no. think, like, just thinking about the bowl game system, I think part of it, just getting a little meta here, <laughs> but I think for the past few years, it probably since, mm-hmm. since the playoffs, since there's so much emphasis on getting to the playoffs, and if your team doesn't get there, you sit out and go to NFL. I feel like the and it's funny because Nick Saban said this, which I I agree with his thought process. It's kind of like 
when you move toward this type of system, you basically inherently devalue the bowl games. Yep. You tell everybody else that if you're not in the playoff, the bowl game doesn't matter. And and I hate that because like if you're like me, I just like watching football in general. I love like just seeing like, oh, these coaches, they prepared this scheme and then now they're in the chess match because now they're adjusting this and just seeing different teams being able to play that in bowl games for matchups that you normally don't see. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. But now that that narrative about what bowls are supposed to be is kind of lost, especially when you get, like you said, and people are not in the playoffs, so they don't want to play. And then they're worried about injury because a lot of them have draft prospects now. Right. And so mm-hmm. it, it sucks because we kind of suck the life out of the bowl system. And and now people don't see it as something that's valuable, which is uh, to your point, I'm like, it would be interesting to see if, I mean, doing it earlier, right? Uh, would that have some type of impact? Would that make people value it more? I don't know. I mean, I think the problem with the bowl system is you've got 37 of them. It's too many bowls. It's I mean, too many. That's the problem with the bowl system. I mean, when I was growing up, we maybe had 11, 12. I mean, you've almost, you've almost tripled it. Yeah. And I mean, you know, one now. You, don't need, you don't need six and six teams or seven and five teams if they're seven to five or six and six season should be over. Mm. We don't need to be playing an extra game. (laughs) Win another game. Then you can get to the bowl. Right. I mean, you know, like, I mean, and some of these conferences and I get, we got big conferences now, but on some of these conferences, when you have a bowl getting down to seventh choice, please. I mean, you only got 12 or I mean, at the most that I know of 15 teams in a conference, 16, I mean, you're essentially picking almost half the conference right there. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Because, yeah, like at that point, because the question is, if you're a 500 team, like, sure, I'm I'm pretty sure you enjoy the fact that you got an extra game. But it's like, how mm-hmm. how good of a product is that really to see like a couple of 500 teams play each other in a bowl game, right? Um, and then, like I said, I think because that's, that's also the financial aspect of it, right? If, um, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, tax slayers like, hey, I'm ready to sponsor a bowl between two seventy-five teams. You're like that that generates a little bit more revenue. TV deal gets a little bit sweeter. And so I think that's always the hard part because that balancing being a business with like the product on the field. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it's coming at it from two sides, right? So then you have this Mm -hmm. aspect of oversaturating the bowl system. And then you're also devaluing it also by by the narrative of that the only thing that matters is the playoff. And so I think it's like two sides of that that really needs to be addressed if we want bowls to matter again. Otherwise, they just people just won't see it as important. And and it's crazy because like you know you're gonna get the coach speak. You're gonna have people saying like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. we we see the game as important. We're gonna play it. And then you watch the game. You're like, no, you're you're not playing the game with the same intensity that you played <laughs> like with the uh, during the regular season, which mm-hmm. is yeah, it's kind of sad. Well, I mean, you kind of have two issues for that. Because you have the players who are leaving the transfer portal. Right. But for some of the schools that are bowl eligible, some of their coaches have left. Yeah. So you've got the interim coach. You got to see how the interim coach has the team, is able to keep the intensity for the team when they're playing. And so what I just did, I was counting the bowls. Other than the, we have 40 bowls oh. that we'll be able to watch. And then you have three for the playoffs because you got the two semifinals plus the final. Which, growing up, that was something we did not have. So that's why 
just watching that. I mean, I understand that he, the companies are going to make a lot of money, right? which that's great. But the thing is, you're seeing how some schools, they're six and six. Last year or the year before when they were doing some of the bowls, I remember they had some five and seven teams because they didn't have enough teams. Didn't have which, enough 500 teams. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, that's why it's when you watch some of the games, you're just like, seriously, seriously, because you want to at least have somewhat of a game. And some of the times it's more of a joke than not. I mean, one of the better games I saw for in the last three years, from this is just my personal opinion, mm-hmm. was when Ohio State played Utah in oh. the Rose Bowl because uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, he had the game of his life. That was a fantastic. He had over 300. Yeah, yeah, over 300 yards receiving in, I think, at least three touchdowns. And they had to fight to win that game. I mean, that game was a game that you literally could not stop watching. Because <laughs> even though, even though at times we had an issue with offense, they could not touch him. And he was the reason in the end that we won the game. But it's still, it was a back and forth game. Whereas a lot of the games you watch now, they have blowouts, let's be honest. And so usually you'll see some of the games are over by halftime. And then you're just like, seriously? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, no. yeah, that's, that's just the best way I can put it. So. No, yeah, I think definitely the the bigger bowls for sure, are, they typically have the best games because those, those are the first picks. And so I think even if, like to Bob's point, even if they cut it in half, the amount of bowls, we'll see a much larger, like, uh, increase in the quality of the bowls, because that that'll just that'll get rid of so many of those those teams that squeaked by to getting five hundred, mm-hmm. that were just barely above average, right? And it, it'll get us the teams that are like, I, and I mentioned this earlier, like that the the hyperbolic statements. We, I think we'll get actual good teams, <laughs> um, great teams, and elite teams, like in the bowl system as opposed to just squeaking in whoever can just slide their way into a position to get into a bowl game. Sure. I mean, that's definitely true. And uh, just a uh, quick uh, update for the junior college national championship. Iowa Western is about to pull off the uh, win. They're about to win 61 to 14. Nice. So, I mean, that's, That's definitely pretty good. I mean, congratulations to them. But uh, some team in Iowa we have the... is going to play offense. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's. I remember the last game. I was telling. I think that I told Bob and Chris that uh, for them to reach the standard that uh, um, Kirk Ferentz's son had to reach <laughs> in the in the uh, Big Ten championship game, he only had to score one hundred nine points. Easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, easy, but still. Depending on the right team, it's not a problem, but unfortunately the wrong team that didn't work. And uh, Iowa Western, the game has now gone final, and they just won their second straight junior college national championship. Congratulations to them. And uh, yeah. Well done, Iowa so, State. 
Yes, sir. Uh, I do have a question for you, Brian. Um, mm -hmm. Do you watch the uh, FCS playoffs at all? Man, I I haven't been able to see much of it. Like, I, I'll, I'll catch some highlights. I don't get a chance to see much of the full games as much. So, well, why do you ask? Only because since we only have four games with the playoffs, or three games with the playoffs in the FBS, mm -hmm. the FCS, that usually lasts a few weeks. And it just watching how they, yeah, how they go, I really just think that um, sometimes you see some teams that are, well, they bring their best stuff out, and it just you truly have the winner go home mentality for like March Madness, but you just see it in the FBS because watching a North Dakota State last year and then Montana State in the championship, everyone thought North Dakota State was gonna win it again. They always Montana State, yeah, but Montana State won last year. Montana State beat them, so they got their coaches. Uh, Either his first or his second national championship. What was it? Montana. And the game was South Dakota. I'm trying to remember. I thought it was Montana State. I could be wrong though. I maybe misremember. I feel like because I remember, I was like, "Oh, North Dakota won again." I think I saw like, "Oh no, it was South Dakota instead." I could be wrong, but just something about that is like in my mind. Maybe we look. Let's let's uh, let's use the internet. <laughs> I'm I'm checking right now because. I uh, let's see. I could have sworn it was Montana State. Well, I could be, be wrong. Be right, I could be wrong. Yeah, no, that's what I'm like. You could be right. Let's see. You know what? You're right. That was South Carolina. South Dakota South State Dakota? did beat North Dakota State. Ah. Yes, South Dakota State. You are correct. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like something about so, that. So what? Uh, I think what it was is uh, Montana State was in the semifinals. They and were. They lost. That's what it was. Because that game was in negative temperatures. <laughs> That's how cold it was. I remember I was watching the game on TV, and it's. It was like negative 30 degrees, something like that. It was frozen, and it was outside. It wasn't even – it was uh, not in the Fargo Dome. It was actually outside when they were playing. That's impressive. <laughs> I, so, I, I, I mean, all of them are better men than me. I don't know if I'll be playing football in negative, <laughs> negative weather. Yeah, no, I'm afraid I couldn't do that. Uh, I mean, if Bob can do that, he's a better person than me, but you know what? That's okay. <laughs> so I'm probably Bob being wearing a better person than me. Too. <laughs> some of them were yeah but I mean it just I remember watching that game just how they went all out but it just North Dakota State you expected them to win but for South Dakota State to win it was a great game yeah no. so yeah no uh, Brian I apologize I got that wrong but it no, no, just, it was, I, I remember that semi-final sure. I know yeah, hey yeah. that's okay yeah 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 no for me. I just remember that game was one of the best games for the FCS playoffs and just how they were all frozen. <laughs> as soon as they could get warm afterwards, they were happy. <laughs> no, I mean, if I, when you think about it, what's interesting about the uh, the FCS is that 
for I guess for all intents and purposes, North Dakota State is basically like the Alabama of the of FCS. Yeah. They they just keep winning or they, they were, right? I think what 2011 to 2015, it was what five straight mm-hmm. championships. Then they mm-hmm. lost to James Madison. Or, or it, yeah, like like uh, James Madison beat Youngstown in 2016, and then North Dakota State like won three more like in a row. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, um, and what, so I think what I think about that is I'm gonna make an analogy then to the FBS, which is interesting because I think uh-huh. when it comes to the FCS, all the games that they play, um, I'm pretty. I think we all enjoy just seeing more football in general. Like it's always fun to see some more games. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless to Bob's point, unless it's a uh, six and six teams playing each other in uh, the 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 sub cheese it bowl um but otherwise like in a playoff where there's good teams we we enjoy seeing that type of thing but i will say and you can let me know what you think about this when it comes to the fbs because even as we go to 12 teams next year which is going to be really mm-hmm. interesting i think for the most part during this 14 playoff system there's been about every year maybe like three maybe four teams that could win a championship and the fourth team usually was like the the week one right and so what's going to be interesting is that with 12 teams i'm pretty sure we're going to get some like some weird blowout games so it's not to say that we haven't already got those which i think the fact that we already gotten some of those in the 14 means we're definitely going to see some more like in a 12 um but i think a lot of way we'll just we'll enjoy seeing more games to have fun my my thought about it though is that it's two things really. You can let me know what you think or or not. I think when it comes to these type of systems, the teams that will benefit the most actually will be the blue blood teams. So teams like Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, like all all the big names, USC's, because like they probably would at some point be able to lose like two, maybe three games, and still get into the playoff. Like and come in, who oh. knows. Uh, but what would be interesting about that, like, I don't know if that would actually be the case, but I think when it comes to these type of systems, the teams that usually have like more money, more resources, they tend to do well. Like I, I remember when, when NIL first came out, people were like, oh man, it's going to create so much parry. And like, sure, there have been some more teams who have gotten some players and been able to do some things. But for the most part, the teams who are able to take advantage of it the most are the teams that have the most resources. <laughs> the Alabamas, the Georgias, the, the Michigan, Clemson, if they wanted to, but I know Dabo's been a little bit <laughs> like slower to take up on that. <laughs> so like what's interesting is that um I wonder if that same type of thing is possible to happen with the 12 team playoff as well. And then a, a second note on this, so this is something that I'm personally kind of passionate about that I hope to see maybe some type of addressing of. When it comes to the the players of the teams that have like let's say like these high draft prospects, so this is getting back to that bowl game thing of players sitting out too. We're basically asking players to play more games without necessarily because in the NFL they play like 18 weeks, they get paid to do it. Mm-hmm. In college, they don't. And that's not to say that they, they necessarily have to get paid all these type of things, but it is interesting to tell a guy who's let's say like a guaranteed first round draft pick, like, oh, you will go number one overall for sure play three more games that potentially could hurt you and make you drop your staff, uh, your your stock, right? And I wonder, I would love to see if there could be some type of guarantee, like insurance for those type of guys, right? Or something just to protect them. Because in the sense that it's great for us as fans, it's great for college football as a whole, like revenue in the TV deals and like it'll be more money made. Mm-hmm but not necessarily to their benefit beyond just being able to win a national championship, which by itself is amazing. And we get to see more great football, but I do worry that I feel like the players in some, to some extent is getting kind of the short end of the stick here when it comes to their health. What do you guys think about that? 
I think if you're a top pick, you've got an insurance policy on yourself. Um, You're going to get your money. Um, You know, I don't know if I've ever really broken it down that much. I mean, you know, I mean, look at this. Look at it this way. How many people play in a football game each week in the NFL? I don't know the answer to that, but a lot. Yeah. And how many of those people get hurt each week? A lot of them. <laughs> yeah. I will see. I don't think it's as many get hurt to where they are out weeks. Where they can't play. Yeah. So, I mean, in college, how to me, I would almost say you're talking about somebody getting hurt when it's not the norm that somebody's going to get hurt and be out for weeks. Does it happen? Absolutely, it does. But does it happen in great number? I don't think so. So I think it's a little bit of a, you know, people being a worry worm and, you know, like, and and one of my favorite college players of all time was Anthony Poindexter. He went to University of Virginia, went to my high school. He would have been a first round pick for sure. Tore his ACL, uh, maybe a second round pick, but he'd have been in the first probably 50. First day. Yeah. Tore his ACL against NC State, ended up being a seventh round pick. Won a Super Bowl with the Ravens and is now a defensive coordinator at Penn State. But you do have to wonder what could have been. But, I mean, I can bring up one name. Uh, I believe Jalen Smith is another name uh, from a few years back. But, I mean, I can name two names in the past 30 years. Not a lot of names that I can name. So, I mean, I think it's people being overdramatic about injuries personally, but that's just me. Hey, I mean, fair enough, like you said, in the sense that statistically, how many people are going to get those type of injuries that will – cause them like big harm to their draft stock right answer may not be a lot um yeah it just i think in terms of i'll I'll even bring it down even more personally to me i think uh just thinking about players health (coughs) i feel like we we went a long time without thinking much about it at all and then we realized just how how dangerous the game really could get these guys and uh but yeah, I, just, I when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, man, like how many players are, you know, adding to their, what's the word I'm looking for? Just kind of. Um, how many people are going to have CTE because they play three <laughs> extra games? <laughs> yeah, well, not necessarily. It wouldn't be fair enough, but <clears throat> in the sense that, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it's kind of like it's stacking, right? You know, like you, <laughs> the more damage you take over time, right? They're going to get it no matter what, because they're playing football. Right. Um, I just. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to like kind of balance and reconcile where you're like, how much are we doing all that we can to look out for the player in that sense? Mm-hmm. That, that's kind of like where my mindset is going. Not necessarily yeah. that they for sure are going to be. But it's like, hurting some players more than it is others because your your linemen, the guys that take contact all the time are going to be the ones that get hurt. Yeah. Your quarterbacks are going to be the ones that get hurt. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but your wide receivers probably aren't going to get that same contact, right? Or, you know, play in and play out. So, yeah, I don't. Even though I have a differing opinion than you, I still understand your side of it. Yeah, I just have a differing side. But you know, if somebody says I'm not going to play in a bowl game, I get it. Right. If somebody says I don't want these extra three games, I get it because you're going to be paid to play a game. You're going to make more money than you could ever make with an NIL. I get it. 100%, I get it. But, you know, I just see it. I see it differently, but I'm not going to, like, you know, say let's go out in the parking lot if you disagree (laughs) with me on this one because I think (laughs) both sides are right. 
But I yeah. think it's kind of like, you know, I hate to get into the real world, but so many people are going to argue something until they're in the ground when both sides could be right. No, no, no. My side is right. I'm right 100%. Nobody right. else is right. Why not? Why are they not right too? I mean, I'm not yeah. saying that works in every situation, but in this one, I think it does. Yeah. No, I don't think there's a perfect solution uh, to it. I mean, because I, I mean, we just said it. Football is inherently a dangerous game. Like the players, right. they know that too. Um, yeah. So it's like, it, it's, just, it's just a hard thing. I think about it a lot, though, just in a sense of like, man, like, it, it, it's, it's rough on them. But yeah, no, I, I get your point 100%. Well, I mean, uh, Few things I'll bring up real quick. Number one, uh, Willis McGee when he tore his uh, when he had the, his knee messed up against Ohio State in the yeah. uh, Fiesta Bowl, how he cost himself. But I mean, he still was able to carve out a pretty good career. And then uh, Frank Wycheck, he uh, passed away this last week. Apparently, he fell. Oh man! And his uh body or his brain is being uh, given to the research for CTE because apparently there were some issues because uh, he was only 52 years old. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we'll always know him for the Music City Miracle, but still. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so like I said, inherently dangerous. They're all getting beat up out there. I mean, which, I, mean I, I respect it when players leave early. Like, well, if the... The 49ers linebacker a few years ago that retired after one year. Um, yeah, uh, the, the one from Wisconsin. I remember he talked about yeah. uh, Wes, was it Borland? Yeah, I think it was Borland. Yeah, because yeah, I think he had, he had one too many concussions or something like that. And I, and they're all becoming aware, like, oh, yeah. Like, I mean, even I, I remember seeing the story of Calvin Johnson saying um, he knew he had to retire when he would wake up in the morning. He had to do like a whole little routine where <laughs> he had to like wiggle his toes and his fingers just to get movement going. Right. And to kind of get warmed up. And I'm like, man, that's like you said, but like I said, that's the inherent natures of it. I mean, you got guys like uh, the Cowboys linebacker who they drafted, I think, late, like in the second round, even though he had kind of blew out his knee from Notre Dame with a Jalen Smith. Yep, and, Jalen uh, Smith. and to be fair, he was able to come back, but he never really returned to kind of like form. And so, yeah, it's just kind of like, yeah, the the game is crazy. Quick trivia question. This will help you if you ever play the Immaculate Grid, by the way. <laughs> Name me the two NFL teams Frank Wycheck played for. Ooh. Redskins and Oilers. Oh. Very good. Or Redskins and Titans. Hey, nice. <laughs> Very good. Hey, he was ready. <laughs> he was ready. Uh, I'm a Washington fan. I've been, I live near, I've lived near DC my whole life. So, I mean, when it comes to questions like that, yeah, that one, you. I can hold my own for that. Uh, Alan, I never try to stump you and be mean like that. Uh, <laughs> I'm taking this. I'm taking criticism now for some reason. <laughs> no, no. See, see, no, Bob, we always have fun. And besides, we still have to do that. Uh, therapy with Tyler another time, but he, unfortunately, he couldn't come on tonight. He still is getting over what he's hasn't been feeling as well. So when he comes back, me and him definitely got to do that trivia. <clears throat> You know, it's funny because I do trivia every day in some way or another. I'm a trivia freak. And you were talking earlier about your daughter and everything. My kids mm -hmm. ruined my life in terms of my sports knowledge. Because when they were born, if you asked me anything 03 or after, you, knew. you might get a, uh, I need some help. 
if you ask me anything from 1980 to 2000, I will save you from drowning. I will save you from the <laughs> squad. All right. Someone's like, how many yards? <laughs> they throw Montana throw in two. And you need me, you might be dead. <laughs> oh, man. No, I mean, I've been lucky to where my daughter is a sports fan, although I'm still trying to make sure that she can enjoy other things. But, yeah, no, she uh, she is a big Commanders fan, a Nationals fan, a Capitals fan. So, I mean, we watch the games together, which that's something that I appreciate and enjoy. But it's something I'm not going to uh, take for granted, so to speak. Yeah. Now, my my eight year old and three year old. I mean, they're a little young, but they haven't really shown as much of a, <laughs> a care for the sport. So like, they're like, "Oh, dad, let's go play." So I'm like, "All right, I guess I won't watch this additional football game. I guess we'll we'll go outside and like do this." So I I I, I kind of feel in that tension too, where it's like, "Ah, I don't get a chance to just dive as deep into it as I can right now." <laughs> well, I mean, even with me with me watching some games with her, I'm still not able to watch all the games. But it just like you know what. That's okay. I mean, I do things with her instead, so that way I look at some, watch some of the night games, or I yeah. watch the highlights. Which you know what? At least it means I watch something rather than nothing. Also, apparently, uh, no, we're gonna get off college sports for just one second. Apparently, Giannis Antetokounmpo scored sixty-four, 64 points tonight. Sixty-four points. Dang. Hey, yeah. So talented. No, man. no normally. Normally, I have focus. I mean, because he, I want to say that's about the uh, fourth or fifth highest scoring amount of points that have ever happened. Because I know what was number one at 100. At 100. Kobe had 81. Yep. Yep. MJ had uh, at least 60 something. I'm looking this up right now, y'all. Y'all give me just a second. Yeah. We got our that's trivia. Because, no, oh, I mean, uh, MJ that's what I'm trying to think about. It's off the head. Yeah, I know that. MJ69. And then I know Kobe scored at least 60 another time. 60 so, I mean. But I think uh, Giannis scored higher than him. So, I think it's. it's Kobe Will. had 81. Yeah, Kobe had 81. Uh, so, it's Will Toronto. 100. Uh, Kobe 81. MJ69. And then now Giannis at 64. I don't Elgin think Baylor had a lot in one game too. I can't remember how much. But let's see. Oh, Elgin Giannis Baylor. is way down the list. Giannis Elgin is like way down. Ooh. Giannis is tied for twenty fourth. Oh dang! Wait, how many players have scored sixty points? <laughs> so Wilt Wilt had a hundred. Yeah. And then Wilt had like a lot of seventies. Uh that's what. Uh, Kobe that's... had eighty one. David Thompson had seventy three in nineteen seventy eight. Okay. Uh, Elgin Baylor had 71. David Robinson had 71. Donovan oh, Mitchell and Damian Lillard both had 71 last year. Devin Booker had 70. MJ had 69. Pistol Pete had 68. And then Giannis is tied with Rick Barry, Elgin Baylor, and MJ at 64. That's crazy. Okay. <laughs> well, I knew that he wasn't. I knew he wasn't at least top five. I knew that, but that was why. Even still, scoring sixty four points in a game—that's pretty incredible. Yeah, I'd forgotten about Devin Booker. I remember Donovan yeah. Mitchell having it last year, but I didn't remember Booker. 
it's crazy. I think with the games being so high scoring now, it's like it's almost not easy, but it's easier to like be able to get the volume <laughs> to, to get more shots. Like with that Donovan Mitchell game, what was it, one forty five to one thirty four? Which is a little abnormal nowadays. I mean, it's not, you know, totally abnormal, but... It's not totally abnormal, right? Right, but it's, it's. I mean, I think a lot of games, sometimes you'll see hit somebody hit the 120s, but normally, I mean, everybody's got to shoot now, and everybody misses shots because they shoot shots they shouldn't shoot in the first yeah. place. So that's right. why we don't get into the 135s, mm-hmm. 140s. Right. Man, this is crazy. I know it is it's impressive regardless. Like you said, like to I'm I'm not scoring fifty points <laughs> on anybody at any time. And I mean it's just something that even though I like to focus on college, when I saw that, that that's just something that to bring it when up. you see something that high score and you have to mention it. I mean Yeah. We we try to focus on college, but I mean if you don't bring up stuff that is a, that's important, if it's something that's kind of out of the ordinary for certain times, Bob knows I'm not afraid to say it. I could be wrong, but you know what? I'd rather at least put it out there so that way if someone looks it up, I'm like, hey, I didn't realize about that. And then with how Bob just went on down that list, and that's something that you'll learn about later on because, I mean... Think about uh, I think his name was uh, De- Dejon Wagner when he was in high school. Dejon Wagner, Memphis. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, when he was in high school, he scored a hundred points in a basketball game. But now his son actually is a prospect. I think his son's about to go to uh, I don't think it's Memphis, but yeah, apparently uh. Giannis scored 64 points, which is a franchise record. Franchise and the Bucks record. beat the Pacers 140 to 126. Well, see, the funny so. thing about DeWan Wagner is his dad was a big prospect. Uh, or his yeah. dad was a really good player in the 80s, Milt Wagner, who went to Louisville. Louisville, so, right? Yeah, it's uh, I, I really start to feel old when you've got people like Marvin Harrison Jr. playing <laughs> and you've got, you know, in the NBA, you had Larry Nance Jr. I mean, when you have these juniors, I'm like, right. yeah, like, wait, I, I remember that. I thought it was. <laughs> well, even that, like LeBron's, like, I'm going, my son's in the league. You're like, what? Right. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, how is that possible? Oh wow. Yeah. So apparently, uh, they just added a little bit of, shall we say, drama. The Pacers wanted the game ball because it was Oscar Shiva. His first career point with the Pacers. Oh, they just happened to uh, play the Bucks mm. and have Giannis do that. So, uh, if he wants that ball, I've got a feeling they're going to be uh, exchanging some money because I can't picture Giannis giving up that ball very easily. Yeah, they say he ended up in a heated exchange with Tyrese Halliburton. Ooh. I'll take the money. <laughs> and it's gonna need to take the money because I mean, I, I saw the exchange. I was watching that, so I was wondering what happened. And so I just saw that they just had Rick Carlisle talking about it, and that just—I can't feel bad about that. But the thing is, you want them to succeed, but when you have something that's a game-changing moment like that. 
I understand Sheeb like in this first point in the NBA. Yeah. But when you're scoring, but when you just set a franchise record for points scored in the game, that, that's... That's a pretty big deal. That's almost like playing Russian roulette right there to me. Because, unfortunately, no one's going to win in that respect. Yeah. Now, Bob, I was looking up some of the bowls that are happening this week. You want to make a few picks this week, sir? Sure, why not? Bob's going to go uh, 100 for 100 here. <laughs> hey, probably will. Probably will. I'll let him go 100 for 100 and I'll get uh, I'll get uh, 5 out of 20. How about that? We really should start a bowl pick them somewhere. I think they have one for ESPN. I just haven't done it. Oh, we, need a, to get the, we need to get the crew in it like we did for the uh, regular season. Invite That's Brian to get, get all of them going. Hey, I'll, I'll join up just to see what happens. Let's see. Maybe we can work on that. Let's see. Also, why are you doing that? Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but Texas uh, quarterback Malik Murphy also entered the portal. Yeah, well. I just saw that. Yeah. It's like, dang. I think Arch Manning put some pressure I mean, on him with Quinn Ears maybe deciding not to leave either. I think that kind of put a lot. They had three guys who were like, hey, we want to be the starter. There's only one ball, and everybody's leaving the portal of some type. Yeah. You know, there's already over, uh, I think there was like 1,700 last week, wasn't there? Folks in yeah, the portal? Yeah, it was, it was obscene. Yeah. Yeah. No, I said, like, I mean, people don't realize there's so many of those players also who didn't get a new home. <laughs> yeah. Just sit at home. Yet, at least. And it's so, hard, if not impossible, to go back to your old one. Right. You're like, hey, I think I can do better right. somewhere. I've, I've changed my <laughs> mind. And coach is like, yeah, we did too. That's why we went yeah. and uh, recruited the new guy. <laughs> oh, that's so tough. All right, so uh, gentlemen. All right, what we got? I have now set up a link. Okay. Let me uh get on here. Okay, sounds like a plan. Oh, looks like I have just sent that out. What I did is I made a group called Sportscast. And this is ESPN? It is. I see it. And so I decided to make it very uh, difficult for how to uh, join. One second. There you go. I haven't entered my ESPN account in so long. <laughs> I actually, I hear you. No, I hear you, and uh, you can see what I put the other information on there, so that you can join and we can make our picks on there. So, so if you want to, gentlemen, there is uh, no harm, no foul, but this way we can see what happens and uh, 
Apparently, it'll let you make more than one entry. You can make up to three entries. So, do you guys want to make a few picks now while you're looking at it, or do you want to? Where did just you send it to for me? I actually just posted on the Zoom right now. Oh, Are you able to see it on there? Uh, hang on. You know me. I'm technologically challenged. <laughs> I think I'm in there. Okay. But uh, we can definitely do it just online, too, if that works better. What I'm doing is uh, I'm going to his backup account. He only has about 10 of them, so. Who? <laughs> me? Yeah, you. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. All I need, to, I can get in. I have an ESPN account. I just need to know, is it confidence? Uh, oh, I sent it on. to you. I just sent your Instagram, sir. Yep. Okay. And then. I will send you your key to the city for it. You see the link? Yeah, I don't know my password, though. That's uh, okay. I just sent it to you. No, my ESPN password. I just password. sent it to you. I don't yeah. know what to tell you for that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's why I use password manager now. Right. Too many things to remember. <laughs> I hear you. I write them all down, but I'm too lazy to get up right now. <laughs> Is it a standard of spread or confidence, Alan? Uh, spread. Okay, let me see if I can get in this way. Um, what's the name? It is Sportscast. I was very original. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't see it coming. I know it's a miracle, but you know what? We'll take it. This way, this if you gentlemen want to join it. And then there is a password, which, well, if you're I have faith you can figure out what the password is. I know it's asking a lot, but we'll see what happens. All right, uh, let's see. But, uh, Brian, I know you probably got to head out in a second just because I know that uh, things yeah, are key. Family time <laughs> gets you busy. I mean, uh, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, if we were going to try to uh, get in touch with you outside here, what would be the two best ways to do that, sir? Man, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously you can hit me on Twitter, which is at Brian Glaze Talks. Uh, uh, but also the YouTube channel works well, which is if you're on YouTube, if you type Brian Glaze, like it might bring up Brian Glaze Gibbs, which is a story about a former gangster from New York. That's not me. So if you type Brian Glaze college football, then then my channel will pop up there and you'll see a picture of my face. Yeah, so the, I, I analyze and try to break down the games and the schemes. Uh, 
but that's that's how you can get to me. I, I answer to all the the comments and DMs and ads <laughs> in the places. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean, I appreciate you coming on and uh, just see a difference. Uh, input and all the different things we were able to talk about today. So uh, appreciate it too. It was a good time. Hopefully, we can get you to come back on and uh, just in case we don't get you back on before the playoff. Who you got winning? Oh man, that's uh, you put me on the spot. Who would I have winning? Uh, <laughs> you know what? I know I don't have. I know Michigan's not gonna win. I'm gonna say that Michigan's mm-hmm. not gonna win. And I actually think Texas is going to beat Washington. Um, I have a lot of faith in Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, just his play calling is okay. amazing. Uh, so that, I guess, inherently, that means it's between Texas and Alabama, funny enough, the two one-loss teams, um, which is crazy. I um, That's a hard one. But I'm actually, you know what, let's just not go against Nick Saban. <laughs> and I'm gonna say Alabama wins. <laughs> I'm gonna say Alabama okay. wins. Uh, Texas beat them once in a year, which I I wouldn't be surprised. Actually, they win again. I actually, I think actually, funny enough, Texas hasn't gotten enough respect for how good they are in the trenches. Like their defensive line and offensive line are like incredibly good, and I think people haven't seen that yet. And I think um uh, I think that's that's what I'm worried about with Washington. Like I don't think they've seen an offensive line, defensive line as good as Texas, which is crazy to think about because Texas hasn't been this good in um in the lines in a while. Um and so but for whatever reason, Alabama just won't stop winning. <laughs> so I'm actually gonna go. I'm gonna go with Alabama to win it. I could be looking crazy. By the time the playoff dust settles, but that's what I'm gonna go with. Actually, I think Texas and Alabama okay. are gonna meet again in the national championship, and I think Alabama's yeah. gonna win. Okay, I picked uh, Washington to win over Alabama for a So, so you think Washington will beat Texas? Which, uh, if they do, I, I'm excited to see what that game plays out to be. Um, because they have the talent that I think. Um, mm-hmm. I hope when I say that, I hope people don't think that to mean that I'm saying that Texas is just gonna run all over Washington and that's it. Um, no. but, but yeah, so I'm I'm really that game actually I think will be the more entertaining semifinal matchup. I can agree with that. Um, one last thing before you leave. Uh, when you were talking about how North North Dakota State won their first four or five titles in a row, yeah, who the head coach was. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Hold up, don't say anything. Put me on the clock. How much time do I have? <laughs> uh, who was the coach? I don't know if I'm gonna remember. I feel like the pressure is in the is Big Twelve now. He's in the Big Twelve He's now. In the Big Twelve now. Yep. Um. Wait a minute. Hold on. Don't say. Um. Uh, wait. That wasn't Craig Bowl, was it? Nope. No. Who was? They it? won the Big Twelve last year. Uh, Chris Kleiman. Yep. There we go. There we go. It took me a yep. minute. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. Because, yeah, um, if I'm remembering correctly, we'll see if I'm wrong. We can look it up later. I think Craig Bowl won the first three, and then Chris Kleiman took over, won the next two, lost one, and then won the two after that. So, Chris Kleiman really won four out of five national championships for North Dakota State, which is crazy. That, that could be true. I know that Bowl, I believe he went to Wyoming. He went to Wyoming he left, after. 
at the end. Yeah, I think when he left North Dakota State, he went to Wyoming and Clemens took over. And then Clemens, I think before he went to Kansas City, he went somewhere else. But yeah, I mean, what basically what that tells me is that if you want a good coach, just go take them from North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that, that seems to be one hundred percent. If you just go take North Dakota State's coach, and then you probably got a winner. Exactly, but uh, no, Brian. I appreciate the time. Uh, like I said, hopefully we can get you back on here if your schedule permits, and uh, I hope that you have a great holiday season. I look forward to uh, next chance to get you on here. Hey, yeah, no, that's I'm excited. Yeah, if we can make it happen before. Let's do it. If not, I'd be happy to come on after too. So. See you guys next time. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. sir. I appreciate it and uh enjoy the rest of your night, okay? Yeah, you too. Thanks, Al. That's my pleasure. All righty, so I am seeing the ghost of Bob Alvis right now. Which is okay. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. Did it work? I don't know. You don't know? I don't know anything right now. All right. I think I'm in. I don't know why my picture's not up anymore. All right. Well, you know what? That's okay. Let's go ahead and make a few picks. How about that? Hang on. I think I've... You're seeing my floor right now. Hold on. All right. (laughs) Welcome back. Welcome back. It's been a day. Well, you know what? We're almost... We got three more minutes since the new day, sir, so... What we'll do real quick is we'll just make the picks from now till next Tuesday. I think they're like eight games, nine games. It won't take very long. So we can make our picks, just you and me. Uh, I know that the Sportscast has uh, partnered with a betting site, with multiple betting sites. You can check on there. And if you want to join them, you can. Uh, It's up to you. You can look on the sites also. If you need help with gambling, there are different sites and uh, numbers you can call as well. But uh, me and Bob, we're just making these picks for fun and uh, seeing who will come out on top. So, are you ready, sir? Ready. First game we have is the Myrtle Beach Bowl. You have Ohio as a a one-and-a-half-point favorite going against Georgia Southern. I think I picked Georgia Southern. Okay. I'm going to try with Ohio. We'll see what happens. And that is the Myrtle Beach Bowl. The next bowl we have is a cricket celebration bowl. We have Florida A&M with a three and a half point favorite going against Howard. Give me Howard. I'm going to take Florida A&M. See I'm not going guarantee I'm going to take all of Yeah, I'm not sure if we're going to keep with that pattern the whole time, though. So we'll see. The next one we have is the RNL Curious New Orleans Bowl. You have the Louisiana Raging Cajuns with the one-and-a-half point favorite going against the Jacksonville State Gamecocks. Give me Jacksonville State. I'm going to take Jacksonville State as well. I saw how they were this year, so keep my fingers crossed. 
Next game we have is the Avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl. We have Appalachian State as a four and a half point favorite going against Miami of Ohio. Give me Appy State. I'm actually going to take Miami. We'll see how that goes. Next game we have is the Isleta New Mexico Bowl. You have Fresno State as a two and a half point favorite going against New Mexico State. Give me New Mexico State. I agree. And actually, New Mexico State's the favorite in that game, so for obvious reasons. Then we have the Starco Brands LA Bowl. You have Boise State going against UCLA. UCLA is a two and a half point favorite. Give me Boise State. I'm going to take UCLA in that one, so we'll see how that goes. Then we have the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl with Texas Tech going against Cal. Texas Tech is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Give me Texas Tech. All right. I'll, I'll ride that same train with you. Then on Monday, we had the famous Toastery Bowl. We have ODU going against Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Give me Western Kentucky. Hilltoppers, baby. <laughs> I'm going to take a risk, and I'll take ODU. So we'll see how it happens with that. Next, we have Scooter's Coffee Frisco Bowl. We have the Marshall Thundering Herd going against the UTSA Roadrunners. UTSA is an eight and a half point favorite. Give me UTSA. I'm going to take Marshall for the upset. So we've made nine picks. The rest of the picks. We can probably make next week, or at least we can make about another third of the picks next week because those games don't start till Thursday. And we'll be able to make our picks up until. The Thursday afterwards. So that'll give us. Looks like we'll be able to get. Almost. Two thirds of the rest of the picks next week. How does that sound? I'm ready. Sounds okay, good. Okay, Just because. That way we'll be able to make them and. We'll have time for the rest of them. So. But this way we could get the picks in for the games we have before our next show. Just because, well, Bob, I know how you are about making since we've been doing this with Tyler. And yes, I already did send Tyler an invite. So if he decides he wants to join, we'll uh, you send an invite too. I sent Chris an invite as well, and okay. I sent Santiago an invite. So that's good. That way we'll have the good usual suspects it. at least right now. So yep. and good. I'm going to make sure it's fair because I'm not going to change that up. Don't worry. 
I just got to figure out how to change my name on the entry. We'll talk about that later, though. <laughs> I have not checked yet, so that's going to be definitely something entertaining for me to look at. And uh, I'm actually, uh, real quick, I'm looking at, uh, they're showing the end of the Bucks and Pacers on ESPN right now. Just because I'm a little curious about that controversy, but um, I was wondering though, sir, because I know that you're a fan of Duke basketball. Are you worried about how they're doing this year? Nope. I don't worry or is about it a little bit too early. Get to January. That's right. That's right. We're <clears throat> we're still about two weeks early. Yep. So I mean that I gotta start putting that in your uh, in your head a little bit only because I've heard a few people say that they're a little worried about Michigan State and Duke just because they're not doing as well as they have been, unfortunately. Right. But the thing is it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And I mean Tom is watching him during tournament time, he's a magician. Let's be honest. Yep. Yeah, Michigan you, you State always right there tournament time every year. Exactly, because even if it doesn't look good during the regular season, as soon as they get into tournament time, the way that he steps it up with his teams, it's incredible. At least that's how I feel about it. So, All right, so last thing I want to try to get to for us, is let's take a look at the NCAA rankings for the men and the women. How's that sound, Bob? All right. Number one, we have Arizona. Eight no Kansas number two at nine and one Purdue number three nine and one Houston number four ten and zero UConn number five nine and one Baylor number six nine and zero Marquette number seven eight and two Creighton number eight eight and one North Carolina number nine at seven and two Gonzaga number ten at seven and two Oklahoma number eleven at nine and zero Tennessee number twelve at six and three, Clemson number thirteen and zero, Kentucky number fourteen at seven and two, Florida Atlantic number fifteen seven and two, Illinois number sixteen at seven and two, Colorado State number seventeen nine and one, BYU number eighteen at eight and one, Texas number nineteen at seven and two, JMU number twenty at nine and zero, Duke number twenty one at six and three. Virginia number twenty two at eight and one. Wisconsin number twenty three at seven and three. Miami number twenty four at seven and two. And Northwestern rounds out the top twenty five with a seven and one record. So that's for the men's basketball rankings. And real quick, we'll do the women's basketball rankings. Right now we have South Carolina number one, 
at nine and zero, UCLA number two at nine and zero, NC State number three at ten and zero, Iowa number four at ten and one, Texas number five at ten and zero, USC number six at eight and zero. LSU number seven and nine and one. Colorado number eight, nine and one. Stanford number nine, eight and one. Baylor number ten, seven and zero. Utah number eleven, eight and two. Kansas State and Ohio State both at number twelve with nine and one and eight and one records. Notre Dame seven and one and fourteen. Indiana's number fifteen with an eight and one record. Virginia Tech's number fifteen at seven and two. UConn's number 17 at 6 and 3. Louisville's number 18 with 9 and 1. Marquette's number 19 at 9 and 0. Graydon's number 20 at 7 and 1. Gonzaga number 21 at 10 and 2. Florida State number 22 at 7 and 3. UNLV's number 23 at 9 and 0. Miami's number 24 at 8 and 0. And North Carolina's number 25 at 6 and 4. And that rounds out the top 25 for the men and women basketball for the records. So, Bob, is there anything else we haven't tried to hit today that you can think of, sir? I am good. All right. So, if we were going to try to find you, how would we do so outside of here, sir? Uh, go to Twitter or X, as they call it now, the Sports Buffet. All right. For me, if you were going to try to find me, you'd find me at uh, X at Allen F. West or on Facebook at Allen.West.46. But, uh, sir, I appreciate your time and uh, look forward to hopefully doing it next week and uh, be about time to uh, see what will happen just for the holidays. So, Sounds good. Have... All righty. Well, have a good night. This has been the Top 25 Rundown by the Sportscast. Mm-hmm.